But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Bill Higgins has seen the highest highs and the lowest lows, but he's faced it all with a never-quit never attitude. You might as well strike out swinging because you ain't going to hit a home run if you don't swing, and you're not even going to have a chance at it if you don't step up to the plate. He wants to help you overcome whatever adversity you are dealing with in your own life. There are no limits to what your dreams can be. By sharing stories of redemption and strategies on living the best life you can live. Are you looking for some motivation and inspiration to get you on the path to success? Quitting is a learned behavior, not a natural behavior. Our natural instinct is to not quit. But we learn to quit because people talk us out of our dreams. You've come to the right place. These are the Comeback Chronicles. Welcome back to the Comeback Chronicles. Welcome back, never quitters and comebackers. This is Bill Higgins, host of this podcast. I uh, haven't been here for a while. I apologize for that. I missed you. I missed doing the podcast. Um, but here I am right back at it. And uh, a couple things I want to talk about today. Uh, first one is is kind of that, uh, about how difficult it is to, to maintain habits and how quick it is to... You know, miss a day, you miss two, you miss two, you miss three, and all of a sudden it spirals out of control. I've talked about this several times, and uh, it's kind of an ongoing issue with me that I need to really work to address. One of the things I often find myself doing is, the, you know, making the excuses, the if. Well, you know, I'm not going to report the quarter of the podcast today because my computer, it, it keeps shutting down the app. And it just happened to me five times a day, but I was determined to move forward today and figure out what the problem was. Um, the, the, actually, what happened was the cord that I had that was connected my microphone to the, to the Mac here was bad. So I, I found a cord and replaced it. And now I'm good to go. But anyway, that's just one of those ifs. You know, if my computer worked better, if I had a newer computer, if I had better equipment, if I had a better app that I used, if it was easier, um, you know, if my appointment today wasn't two hours away, I'd have an extra hour uh, to do my podcast. If, 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 if. And the reality of it is you do the things that you make time to do. I'm more guilty of it than anybody. But here I am uh, back in front of this microphone. I kind of missed it. Um, but... Uh, I'm going to try to stay on top of it and keep getting the message out to you because I, the nice thing is I hear people come back to me say, I haven't heard your podcast in a while. I miss it. That gets me motivated to go. I'm an emotional guy. I'm, I, you know, I'm, um, I'm motivated by feedback. You know, I, I'm motivated by knowing that people care. Uh, I hate to say it, but it's true, and I'm finding more and more of it that you know when I don't think anybody's listening or gives a damn about the podcast, I tend to fall off. But when people are telling me, "Hey, I miss hearing the podcast," I get a little more motivated and get back in front of this microphone. Um, the truth, truth be told, I love doing it. I love talking about it. Almost every day, I have an idea for the podcast, and uh, I put it on paper. I jot it as a note into my uh, notes app on my phone, and the next thing I know. You know, the day has slipped away. I look back and say, well, maybe that topic's not relevant anymore. And it kind of slips by. So, uh, but anyway, I'm here today and uh, I want to talk to you about a couple things. The, uh, the I'm glad the quarantine's over. I'm glad to be back out and about working, um, traveling, 
doing my job. One of the reasons that I haven't uh, probably been on this podcast as much as I would have liked is I've really been immersed in my job. I'm pretty much having the best month I've had in a while. Uh, I'm motivated to do that. I need to move some of that motivation over to doing this podcast to help you and help me. You know, it helps me to talk about what I'm doing and knowing that I'm helping others. Um, so, because the quarantine's done, I'm getting out and about more. I have more appointments. And two things came up in the last two weeks here that I want to talk to my audience about because I think it's very relevant to what's going on uh, in the world today. Um, so, the first one, uh, about two weeks ago, I was in Indiana County, and as many of you know who may follow me on uh, Snapchat or on my Facebook page, one of the things I like to do is visit the courthouse in every county that I go in. Uh, so I, I've been to Indiana County before, obviously. Uh, it's not too far from my home. So uh, I'd seen the courthouse, but I never took a picture in front of it, walked around, learned the history. So I did some of that that day. The other thing I like is these historical markers that you see in front of a lot of buildings in different communities. I always stop and read them and you know, get a, get a little bit of the history. Uh, there's always something, there's always more you can learn, right? So this one that I came across last week, and it's relevant. Yesterday was Juneteenth, and I wanted to do this podcast yesterday. The day slipped by me, but it's, it's relevant uh, because yesterday being uh, the Juneteenth holiday. So I came across this placard in front of the old... Indiana County Courthouse, so not the one they use today, the, the, the one they had um, that was in operation before that. And the placard said, The Rescue of Anthony Hollingsworth. And I'm going to read to you what it says here. On June 26, 1845, this 12-year-old fugitive slave was captured by slave hunters. Armed residents surrounded the hotel where he was, hold, where he was held and demanded his release, defying federal law. Judge Thomas White freed him in the site where this old courthouse stood. Uh, I'm going to post this in the comments section below so you can read this yourself and see it. But you know, I thought this was pretty neat given what's going on today. 1845, so we're two, two decades prior to the Civil War. Uh, Judge Thomas White, presumably a, a white man, uh, took it upon himself to free this 12-year-old boy who was a fugitive slave. Uh, this is long before the freeing of slaves was popular. So that kind of struck me. thought I'd share that with, with my audience. But about a half hour later, I'm walking down the street, and I come across a building called the Harry White Building. Uh, and there's a, a clothing store in there. It's called The Hub. Uh, built in 1912, this store was, right? There's a placard on this building. I'm going to read you what this one says. The Hub, a 1912 clothing store owned by... Heyman Brothers was a boyhood stop of actor Jimmy Stewart, who would visit to pick up wooden crates that the Heymans saved for him to use in his theatrical productions. As you may or may not know, Jimmy Stewart is a uh, resident or, or was born and raised in Indiana County, uh, so he's kind of their claim to fame. But uh, back to the uh, placard here. The structure was built in 1910 by Harry White, son of Judge Thomas White, the judge that I referenced a few minutes ago after whom White Township was named in 1843. Now here's where it gets interesting. Harry White served Indiana County as state senator and as commander of the 67th Pennsylvania Volunteer Infantry during the Civil War. Captured several times by the Confederates, he escaped with the aid of Georgia slaves. Escaped with the aid of Georgia slaves. White ended the war uh, as... Uh, 
Brigadier General, rank given to him by President Lincoln. He later served as judge on the 40th Judicial District and also became a U.S. congressman. So it's kind of neat that he followed in his father's footsteps becoming a judge. But here's the interesting thing. In 1845, his father, Judge White, is freeing a 12-year-old fugitive slave, right? Now, 20 years later, Harry White, his son, is captured by the Confederates fighting during the Civil War, and it's Georgia slaves that helped free him. I just found this completely fascinating. And there's a couple messages there. Number one is... You know, you never know what another human being is going to do for you. And in a lot of times, somebody's going to help you when you have no way of ever returning the favor. But fate has a way of stepping in. So I was also fascinated by the fact that, you know, it's obviously his father's freeing the slave 20 years before, 20 years before it's popular to free slaves. And now the slaves of Georgia are helping free this, his son, totally unbeknownst to them what his father ever did. You know what I mean? It's not something that they said, oh, you know, his father, you know, helped out a slave, so we're going to help him out. Absolutely not. His father did it because it was the right thing to do. He was a good-natured uh, human being, and he did what was right. And here we are, these Georgia slaves see that this Union soldier is fighting on their behalf, and they're going to do what they can to help free him. It's just really neat, that circle um, uh, of, of humanity. Uh showing its face because in this day and age you know we're all so quick to judge each other and to um you know get upset about how some somebody else's opinion how they feel what they think uh we look back and we we, all we hear about is what a terrible country america was that we had slavery and that is that is a black eye on uh, our culture but they were not all bad people not every person in the united states was a bad person um there were good people out there and you know you got to really look at the history uh to find those people and here's a great example of it uh both uh judge harry white and his father judge thomas white so brings me to another story about a week prior to that i was in gettysburg i had some downtime between two appointments and i was walking around and i came across this Uh, i was on the uh walking through the battlefield there was a nice day and every time I go to Gettysburg, I try to look at the different placards. There's literally thousands of them. And there's different stories about different people, different family, and how they were affected during that three days of the battle in Gettysburg. So I came across this, and I found this pretty interesting. I'm going to read this to you as well. Brigadier General John Gordon, whose Georgia soldiers swept the federal hills from this hill, later wrote of a personal encounter with an enemy general. Is a quote, in the midst of the wild disorder in the ranks and through a storm of bullets, a Union officer was seeking to rally his man, men for a final stand. He too went down pierced by a mini ball. Riding forward with my rapidly advancing lines, I discovered that brave soldier lying on his back with the July sun pouring its rays into his pale face. Quickly dismounting and lifting his head, I gave him order for my canteen. Now, this is his enemy. I gave him order for my canteen, asked his name and the character of his wounds. He was Major General Francis C. Barlow of New York and of Howard's Corps. The ball had entered his body in the front and passed out near the spinal cord, paralyzing him in the legs and arms. Neither of us had the remotest thought that he could possibly survive. I summoned several soldiers who were looking after the wounded and directed them to the place of, directed 
them to place him on a litter and carry him to the shade. So here he is, his enemy, a Confederate soldier fighting a Union soldier, mortally wounds him, um, but he takes him to the shade so that he can die uh, in comfort. Fifteen years later, fifteen years later, Gordon, now a U.S. senator, was attending a dinner in Washington, D.C. when he learned that a General Barlow was also attending. Introducing himself to Barlow, he was stunned to learn it was the same one he had met in Gettysburg. Each man believed that the other one had been killed in the war. Thenceforth, wrote Gordon, the friendship between us, which was born amidst the thunders of Gettysburg, was greatly cherished by both. These two guys became friends. We hear all and all, all the time now, we should destroy um, our history, take down the the statues of generals that fought in the Civil War, uh, obviously the Confederate generals is what they're targeted at. And listen, they were wrong. They were absolutely wrong. They were fighting for an unjust cause. Um, We can't erase our history. These stories are important. This shows really what humanity is all about. These were two men that were fighting for a cause that they vigorously believed in. The Confederate general wounded the Union general. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't torture him, doesn't, you know, prolong his agony. He takes him so he can die in peace. And then when they meet, 20 years later, after they have, they both have, you know, recovered from the, from the horrors of the war. Um, obviously now, uh, Gordon, who had been a Confederate soldier, now is a senator. A United States senator from Georgia um, who uh, has now rejoined the Union as an American. Repent for what he did, essentially. Um, They become friends. I think it's a fascinating story. These two things touched me in the last uh, two weeks. They told me a lot about humanity. They told me a lot about putting things in perspective from where we're at today. People made mistakes a long time ago. People still make mistakes today. But humanity is generally good. We are generally good people. We're going to get through this. Um, we're going to we're going to patch these wounds that we're causing, and uh, move forward. Just another thing that kind of ties together is this. You know, I post a lot of my um, opinions on Facebook. I'm very uh, vocal. I'm very opinionated. Uh, I like to tell people how I feel. But when people disagree with me, I don't delete them. I don't block them. I listen to them. I engage with them. I argue with them. I express my thoughts on what they have to say, but I don't ignore their opinion. I don't pretend their opinion doesn't exist. And we have too much of that. I see now people posting on Facebook, if you disagree with me, delete me, defriend me, unfriend me. Um, You know, people that they say they don't want to see the comments of other people that disagree with them. Why? You know, why don't you want to hear what the way other people think? What, what makes them feel the way they feel, all right? This is important. And I have, I've had people say to me, listen, Bill, you're, you, know, you, you have a lot of liberal friends on your Facebook page. You're a conservative guy. How can you tolerate these people? No, 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 no. I tolerate them because, I, in fact, a lot of them, uh, the people that I disagree with, they're more, they present their opinion more professionally than the people I do agree with. You know, and we need to engage in this dialogue, listen to the other side, understand where they're coming from, understand their perspective. Because if you don't, we're just going to be a whole bunch of automatons that think alike and we're never going to accomplish anything. You know, um, I'm hard headed. You know, I have my f- beliefs, they're strong. 
Um, but I am always open-minded to listen to what the other side has to say and maybe see the flaws in my position. Every once in a while, and it's only once in a while, but every once in a while, somebody makes me reconsider my position on something. But we need to be gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, in the way we uh, engage in our discourse. All right? Like I said, here we are, two men who fought in the Civil War. One left the other for dead, and they became friends 20 years after the fact. Fascinating story. I hope you learned something from it. And then again, the the, uh, the story of the white, uh, uh, Judge White uh, and his son Harry, uh, and what the way that that karma had a way of returning what happened in 1845, 20 years later, uh, karma had a way of returning that favor to uh, Judge White's son, and the Georgia slaves helped free him when he was captured by the Confederates. Two fascinating stories, and I'll tell you what, there are a whole lot more of them out there. Uh, I encourage you, when you're out and about, take in the history of where you are. I'm fortunate. In my job, I get to do a lot of traveling, and I travel all throughout Pennsylvania, and I go to different towns, and I see different things. But almost everywhere I go, in everything I do, there is some lesson to be learned that can help improve my life, help motivate me, help keep me on the path to success. And as I found it, find those things, I'll share them with you. And I hope as you find those things, you'll share them with me. So anyway, I'm happy to um, be back here today. Another episode of the Comeback Chronicles podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope there was some value in this for you. I look forward to talking to you again real soon, but until I do, never surrender, never give up, and never quit. Remember, tomorrow isn't promised, but today is. Get out there and make the very best of it. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Comeback Chronicles. If Bill has motivated and inspired you today, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and share it. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Comeback Chronicles. If you want to book Bill as a speaker for your organization, email him at bill at billhigginsjr.net. Hope you'll come back for more inspiration from The Comeback Chronicles.